Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sea Change Podcast. I am your host, Jenna Valente, and this is your go-to show to meet the most interesting and inspiring people living, working, and recreating along the American shorelines. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you because in addition to being a remarkable person and artist, my guest today is a friend, a fellow New Englander, and we have the added treat of being here together, recording this in person along the main coastline. So if you hear birds or waves in the background at any time, that is because we are taking advantage of a sunny, mild November day before we slip into the depths of winter and we are recording this outside, which is really fitting for a podcast that's focused on nature. Ben Cosgrove is a traveling composer, pianist, multi-instrumentalist, and writer. He is almost always traveling around performing a unique variety of original instrumental music that explores themes of landscape, geography, and environment while straddling a line between folk and classical music. He has quickly become one of my favorite musicians, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here with me. He is unbelievably talented, which I'm happy to say because I feel like sometimes he's very humble and won't say it himself. Ben, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I imagine that um, many listeners out there, this might be their first Ben Cosgrove experience. Will you share a little bit of your background just to bring everybody up to speed about where you come from and who you are. Yeah, uh, I mean, everything you said is accurate. <laughs> I, I am I, I drive around and write, write music about landscape. I'm really interested in um, the ways that different physical environments can kind of cause you to feel. Um, and a lot of my music is about just that, like why you might feel like exhilarated on a mountaintop or disoriented in the middle of an open field or like claustrophobic in a tunnel. Um, and I think that instrumental music, which is what I write, um, is just a great, um, uh, medium for kind of exploring feelings like that because without the distracting effects of words you can sort of put people in a mood um, the way that being in a landscape might yeah and so a lot of this podcast is focused yes on climate and nature and advocacy but I think one of my favorite things about the show is we spend time getting to know the human behind the work um, because I like to show everybody that there's space for everybody and being an advocate doesn't mean that you're like out picketing or going on to Capitol Hill and having meetings. It can mean that, but it could also mean writing compositions about nature. Um, it's very so, validating. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, that's a way to connect people to a space, right? Like it's, it's just as important in my mind as um, maybe what I do as more of a classic advocate where I do all of those things that I just mentioned. But what I'm curious to know just before we get into like more of like your creative process and all of that is what initially drew you to the piano and music and how did you get get into it um piano just happened to be my first instrument we when i was a little little kid um we moved to a new house and i was four and the previous owner had this upright piano that they just didn't want to deal with getting rid of and so we sort of inherited by accident this thing <laughs> and uh i was sort of picking out melodies on it and like I don't know, like the Jeopardy theme or whatever. And my <laughs> parents found me a piano teacher in the town next door who turned her down to PG was exactly the right, like psychological match for me, like immediately understood my deal. Um, and I took lessons with her from when I was four to when I was 18. So along that way, um, I picked up a lot of other instruments and I never really thought of myself as a pianist. It was like, I just liked making music. <laughs> How many other instruments do you play? Uh, yeah, You're like good all question. Of, all of no, them. I do. I do. I went for like breadth and not depth for a while. So okay. I, I, I play like a lot of these days, a lot of like guitar and banjo and bass, and like that sort of stuff. But uh, my second instrument was violin, and then after that, I started playing like trombone and tuba and brass instruments. So I kind of dabbled in each family enough to be like roughly competent. Um, but then in the last ten years or so, since I've been like this is my job. Um, dragging around a bunch of instruments everywhere you go is extremely impractical. So I've sort of boiled back down to being a piano player <laughs> who like knows a little bit about other instruments. But so then, yeah. is piano your favorite? It's my favorite to play. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe my favorite. I, I do think that you, as a solo performer, you could do more 
effective or like there's so many buttons you can press you know <laughs> literally. literally true <laughs> you uh, there there are other instruments that, that i really really love the banjo for instance um but I, like i'm not enough of a banjoist to feel as free and expressive on that as i am on a piano so nice and so also with how much you travel around and play and explore different places i feel like just from observing you like on Instagram and you know when we, we're not in a, the same place um, you're always outside it seems like you spend a lot of time out outdoors <laughs> yeah certainly in the last two years <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite way to connect with nature is it hiking or like how do you how do you enjoy and prefer to connect with the outdoors that's a good question I I mean I I do love yeah, I would say walking around in that is like a category that includes hiking mm-hmm. and uh, running. And I'm a very passionate wanderer. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm very like restless on every fractal level. So like I don't like living in one place for very long. And I also am like have wanderlust and I, I'm fidgety. So mm-hmm. there's literally <laughs> no part that. of me is good at sitting still for any increment of time which is great that i'm asking you to sit here still with me this is a, a test of my uh, yeah. <laughs> well we're at least outside so there's that yeah. right you can but fidget that, and you can look around um something that but, i oh go oh ahead. no sorry I, I, I was just gonna say i think that that is uh that has become a major part of my process though like um i love the feeling of finding new pathways between places and feeling your your mental map kind of realigned itself every time you find a new connection between nodes that you thought were separate from each other or farther apart than they are in real life that is um, one of the best feelings of um it happens to me around here a lot where i'm like oh i'm gonna drive down this road i've never been down it why i've i grew up here why haven't i been down here and then you realize it pops out to this super familiar place and you can like feel this pathway in your brain that's like your mental map is is one more step completed yeah i i I, to me it feels like the this happens a lot in New England, especially, I think, because there are, are so many roads that were like at some point someone was just like, ah, so we're over there. <laughs> you can't um, get there from here. But I was, the image I always have is, yeah, like tectonic plates, like shudderingly rearranging themselves in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wow, I just like unlocked the next level of the map because now I know how to get here in like five <laughs> minutes versus the like 30 minutes it's been taking me my whole life. Yeah. That's a pretty great feeling. Um, with the self proclaimed like landscape enthusiast and then back to like the the wandering piece of um just the way that you like to connect with the outdoors i think that i i really connect with that especially over covid um i've heard you sort of talk about this a little bit in some of your shows where when the pandemic happened and everything shut down it really had interesting impacts on the way that we as humans connect with nature and I think for me personally um, it just highlighted how important being outside and having even an opportunity to like breathe fresh air is and I you know I didn't have that for like a year and a half none of us really did because I was I was living in a city that's right you were in Boston at that point yeah Yeah, and um Somerville which is what like the most densely populated municipality in the country yeah fun fact so it's like everybody's on top of each other you couldn't go outside and meanwhile you were writing trouble with wilderness which I feel like was a reflection of so many different people's experiences but I connected with that album so deeply because of and maybe I should let you explain what it's about but it like having those moments of like walking around your block and realizing the beauty of the leaves changing or this flower that's popping up through the sidewalk cracks or um, a nice breeze maybe blowing down an alleyway and all of these different ways that you can explore the outdoors even if you're not in this vast wild space will you just talk about your experience with, with how that album came to be um, because it's definitely one of my favorites. I think everybody should listen to it. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's my favorite as well for right now. It's uh, I'm really happy with how the, how the whole thing came out. Um, thank you. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. So the idea behind that album, which you sort of alluded to, I, I, I thought about it in concept before I was sort of forced to do it by circumstance. But I had realized that like by accident, I was getting on stage every night and telling all these stories about national parks and oceans and uh, wilderness areas and places that like most people do not encounter in their day-to-day lives or ever um 
and I worried that by doing that, I might be reinforcing a view of like what nature is and where we might find it that is not the one I believe to be true. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of show that in my small way <laughs> show that like you know the, the tree in your backyard is exactly as wild and interesting and worthy of wonder um as one in the middle of you know yosemite um so i decided to write a whole album of songs that would be about uh like moments of overlap or intersection between whatever the natural world is and whatever the built like man-made world is um and then uh COVID happened and I had no choice. So it was, it was very uh, good timing in that respect. Yeah. But I was in, I mean, you're, you were in Boston. I, my, I, right before lockdown happened, I had moved to a sublet in Northampton, mm-hmm. uh, Massachusetts, which it was sort of the perfect location. Like you could, there, it was, it's a very small city. So there's, it kind of, like there's grocery stores and stuff. You don't have to, you could walk everywhere. But if you walked out of my house and turned the other direction, you could wander through fields and forests all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really appreciated being right on this um, uh, like fulcrum point between uh, like not seeing any people and <laughs> like walking through a post-apocalyptic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not knowing what was going to yeah, happen. Exactly. There was going to be like zombies coming out. Yeah, I, um, I felt my longing to be back in Maine so deeply when COVID hit. I always knew I wanted to end up back here. I'm sure a lot of people had a similar experience with they were living in a place, COVID hit, and it completely flipped their lives upside down. It is true that everybody did move to Maine. Yeah, that is yeah. true. And then I wanted to move back home. Yeah, you look, and you, now yeah. I can't afford anything because everybody moved here. And, you know, that's that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they can live here. It too. is the position of this podcast that everyone should leave Maine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. You guys are welcome here as long as you're like kind. If you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you're cool, you can stay. If you're not, leave. Um, right. Or if it's like if you're someone that like bought up all the property. Yeah. It actually says this on the welcome sign as you come in on the highway. <laughs> if I was governor, yeah. that's that's what that's what it would say. Yeah. Are you cool, man? Cool. Great. Um, all right. So we're sitting here on this very lovely coastline, and. You know, I think for listeners, they probably would guess and be right that like my favorite type of landscape or seascape is like the rugged coastline of New England. Do you have a favorite landscape or seascape? Ooh, that's that is tough. I don't think I do. Um, I try to be. I mean, I'm very fond of this is I have maybe like a top five and this would be like northern New England seacoast would be part of them but yeah i don't know i try i try to be kind of uh unbiased or like try to find every landscape interesting in some way like Mm -hmm. like look at it until it is cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i i mean that said the uh that's somewhat disingenuous because my my favorite things any like combination of like rocks and pine trees Mm -hmm. whether that's inland or coastal that's usually like my sweet spot yeah that's that's a good one. So will you talk a little bit more? This I feel like this is a good segue to sort of how your your work has evolved. Um, just thinking about how you pull inspiration from nature. Like, will you talk a little bit more about that? I think something that completely baffles me when I think about what you do so well is um, translating the experience that you have in a place to a composition. I think you're like a master at that. And like when you listen to your work and especially after you go see your shows and, and get more context about what some of these songs are about, it is you're spot on like every time. So how, I'm, I guess I'm just like, how does your brain work? Like, I, I don't... Not, not well. Of, of the, that's a good question. It, I guess like in the broadest strokes, I'm, what I'm really in the business of doing is um, on some level always saying implicitly or explicitly like here's how this thing is like this other thing um and whether that's like the experience of being in uh, like in the middle of this particular space feels like being it lonely or feels like uh uh that trying to like find ways in which like different like 
landscape experiences resonate with emotional ones and also with um each other like mm -hmm. um i think that it, it's important to kind of move through life looking to like identify ways in which like things are in common with each other and make yeah. the world like slightly smaller and more uh connected so i guess it's um I'm not explaining this well, but I, like uh, while my songs might be about like, you know, a hill or an ocean or a train line or whatever, they're also really about like, uh, like hopefulness or frustration or, uh, anguish or, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, well, it's also, I asked you like a difficult question. If somebody asked me how to summarize, like how I do anything that I do, mm -hmm. I don't know how I would really explain. <laughs> Either. I think you did a great job, right? Ah, it's thanks. like you're just like I just do it because that's what it calls to me. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about like like literal process, yeah. it's mostly that I um uh I kind of move through the world gathering things into two separate buckets and one is just musical idea, like fragments of like maybe I'll use this figure somewhere and it comes from like an improvisation or something. Um and then in the other bucket I collect sort of like confusing or interesting experiences of being in a place or like stories about a place or something like that um but more often they're like experiences in places that kind of vex me in some way like i can't figure out why i feel this way in this space and i want to and the way that i figure out what that feeling is or how i would articulate it is by dumping out that first bucket of like little melodies or like harmonic turns i'd like picked up somewhere um, and figuring out how I can kind of chain them together into something that would indicate that first thing or, or reflect that first thing. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Somehow you have like, whatever you do to create those things summarizes my experience outside. And I really appreciate that because it's like I have these deep somatic feelings and like sensory experiences when I'm in a place. I just don't know if I have like the words to express them it's feeling and I think that's what I get through listening to your music and then what I try to express through photography right is like yeah. capturing this moment of in place and time and space and feeling just how I experience it in one frame yeah absolutely I mean there there is a lot in common I think with like landscape photography especially and like landscape painting like i'm really interested in environmental art of that type because it i always feel like what it really shows is like this is uh like a very particular way of viewing the scene of which there are nine billion you know yeah yeah i talk about this with my photographer friends all the time like and it's happened several times where we're all working with the same person if we're doing a portrait shoot or a same the same place we could shoot all day long and none of our photos will come out looking the same. And I think that's so fascinating. Um, and that's just another layer of what you add into it with, with sound. Oh, well, yeah, thank That's the idea, I suppose. But it does, I do, it, I mean, I don't think I realized what a fruitful vein, uh, mixed metaphor, you guys, <laughs> but like <laughs> landscape, I didn't, I don't think I knew that I would be writing about it this whole time you know i think i started when i was in college because that's when i kind of began getting obsessed with this stuff but it really does uh like i've now been doing it for like 12 or 13 years um only writing about l like land and it's just the it's such a perfect metaphor for so many elements of the rest of the human experience of the world you know like mm -hmm. there's a way to describe almost anything by looking at like someone's relationship to like how the land is shaped somewhere yeah and i mean i think it also brings us back to this this realization that we're a part of the ecosystem so often in our constructed society and world like we feel separate from it but we're not we're animals we're just very self-aware and have created this whole like made-up thing that we live in and uh, <laughs> and, and it's nice to just have a moment to like revisit that like oh yeah all of my my experiences and emotions are really deeply rooted in in nature yeah yeah mine too i think i mean it's also just i think you uh mentioned the like uh, advocacy thing earlier and i always do think that like if i am in useful in any way it is only to sort of remind people to pay attention to what is around them and how it might be making them feel mm -hmm. um not necessarily telling them to how to feel in any particular but just like 
don't ignore the environment you're in just because you see it every day. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, oftentimes that's the first step to getting people to be more involved or care about their surroundings or even a faraway place, right? Like it's so easy for me to care about this place because we're sitting in my hometown Mm -hmm. and I have a deep love for it. But, um, you know, I also care about what's going on somewhere far, far away, but maybe don't have the opportunity to connect with it like like I do here. The whole concept of object permanence. (laughs) Yes, yes, totally. And, you know, I know you're talking about landscape in the way that sort of like land makes you feel, but this is a podcast about the sea (laughs) after all and ocean and water. Scapes in general. Yeah, lots of lots of different scapes. I, I guess when I was preparing to chat with you today was thinking about people's connections to water and being curious about like, what is your connection to water when you're creating, um, is that something that you consider in your process? Like when you're trying to explore these things that vex you or your emotions and you're like, Oh, that feels like water to me. Or is it like, I don't, I don't really, maybe I'm not being super clear in my question, but I'm like, what is that? How often do I think about water? (laughs) Yeah. And like, what is your connection to it emotionally? Oh, well, that's interesting. I think it's, I mean, the broader answer to your question, I guess, would be like, I don't consider it, I, I consider water part and landscape and land to be like equal yeah. subject matter. Um, it's, I mean, I, yeah, I have a set of songs that I wrote in on a boat outside, out of sight of land for a month, um, <laughs> which at the time was very vexing to use that word. Can you (laughs) tell that story, please? uh, Okay. I mean, I tell this uh, (laughs) basically every night on stage, so I apologize (laughs) for rehashing it for you here, but I did this um, really cool um, uh, uh, artist residency a few years ago um, with an oceanographic institute. Um, They had begun this program where they would bring artists uh, like on these research trips or on a few of these research trips to sort of work with the scientists who are on board and learn a thing or two about their research and then make art that would kind of reflect it or um, be inspired by it in some way and then in so doing make the public more aware of oceanography which this is sort of my whole thing so I, <laughs> I was very excited to do it um, it was very early in the process they like I was one of the first artists they brought and I guess they were still working out some like kinks and Just i wa- <laughs> so i wound up on a leg of this shift's journey that didn't have any scientists on it <laughs> which was is the the real stunner punchline of the story where i sort of like got to we left from vietnam and i got there like the day after all these scientists left uh and then sailed with just me and the crew um uh feeling i have never felt quite so singularly useless as i did during that time um <laughs> Did and they then yeah, we you to work at all. They didn't. No, I think I don't think they legally could have. <laughs> okay. Um, but I because I feel like I would have been like, please let me help. Oh man, I kind of was. I, I what I wound up doing mostly like was just like excitedly ask them to sh- like Observe. that was as uh, everything about the experience was completely novel and interesting. I almost feel like I got a better deal because there was no science to distract me. It was, it I was almost, learning about yeah. like marine navigation. And it feels like, like in terms of the universe, like it wasn't the experience you expected, but it was the one that you needed. Yes, I would say <laughs> it totally was. It. I mean, that whole Salt album, I started writing there. Yeah. Um, and I began like a lot of the stuff... Um, a, a lot of my... This is, I guess, also just a super roundabout way to um, answer the question that started this whole thing but um i i write about water a lot um i think that i'm really obsessed with movement and kind of uh like fuzzy edges of things Mm -hmm. so a lot of my work becomes about like rivers and tides and um like things like changing slowly over time or like being underwater for part of the day and above water for the other part um Maine's a really good place for Maine that. is a good place for it. Yeah, the cover of Salt is a uh, is a drawing I made of um, Reed State Park. You made that? I made that. That is very well done. Yeah, um, you've got some great cover art. I know that you didn't do Trouble with Wilderness. No, that is Billy, that William Crosby, a genius. Yeah, um, some great album art for sure. Um, but yeah, I think just what I started writing about there was that kind of... Uh, how do you make sense of a space with no information and you know like all you're in you're surrounded by nothing but movement like the air is moving and the water is moving um there's nothing to kind of hold on to other than like 
an internal sense of ballast and a horizon. Yeah. Like how do you ground yourself in moments where everything's in motion? Yeah, exactly. Which I felt like it was, is a good way to talk about so many other things that aren't yeah. literally about. Metaphor. Yeah, exactly. But also literal for you when you were yeah, on the boat. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> Will you talk about some of the other artists in residence programs you've been a part of? Because you, I feel like there are several and they're all amazing. So I guess it'll be like dealer's choice, whatever <laughs> ones you want to talk about. Yeah, I, I've, they've all been kind of peculiar. Um, I've only done one that I can think of that is like a standard, like a bunch of artists go and work together in, in little rooms in a cozy town. Um, and that was very early on. Um, most of the residencies I've done have been kind more like this this one on the ship where it's uh um i am there to do a thing for a larger organization like i do a lot of work with um national parks i, d- I was just one of the things i'm writing now talking about movement and and unpredictability i'm writing a lot about volcanoes right now so i did a residency this summer at hawaii volcanoes national park where i was there and kind of gave a few uh, a couple of performances and um talked to people about what i do and in return got to like be shown around all these volcanoes by like volcanologists and like see lava flows that just happened a few years ago and uh, yeah neat to i'm very excited for that one i mean you know that i was born in hawaii i was not born on this island you were on but which one were you born in i was born in honolulu and um we lived there for in a couple different stints because my dad was in the coast guard but um i'm very eagerly awaiting to hear <laughs> how you how you translate um those that place into to music because i'm sure it'll be lovely oh thanks it's tricky because like places like um i mean this is not the question you asked but a, a thing that uh <laughs> <laughs> stick like, to the question <laughs> <laughs> like it is tough to, like writing uh, like my song about hawaii will not sound like what? Like we're at a luau. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, that's super important <laughs> to me I'm to like, avoid. Don't any, do like, that. <laughs> I know. Everyone's always just like, uh, yeah. It, I I'm, I try to be very uh, stick to the physical realities of a place rather than try and like do any. Uh, yeah, exactly. Place. Like yeah. It would, uh, <laughs> there's just like no way that that could possibly be successful. <laughs> but anyway, people do ask me that question a lot, and that that is the answer that I find I have to give. So. Yeah. No one wants to hear me try to do Hawaiian music worse. I mean, I I might want to try to hear you do that, but like maybe not like publicly. Yeah, I I don't. You have no fear. You you won't. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Yeah. Um. How about? Are there other residences that you want to call out? Um, I one one that I really really enjoyed. Um, a couple years ago, and I I wound up (laughs) going on for like six months longer than planned. Uh, was I was the artist in residence for uh, hiking trail, um, the New England National Scenic Trail, which goes through Massachusetts and Connecticut and a tiny chunk of New Hampshire. Um, and my job for a year for them, for a year and a half, was to hike the whole thing and then write music about moments along it. Um, and a couple of those wound up on the Wilderness album. Uh, the uh, other fun thing about that is that they wanted, like, and part of their reason for choosing a musician as their artist was like increase awareness of this trail because it goes through people's backyards and they have no idea about it um so i they booked me all of these performances in like schools and breweries and libraries and like communities like i played in every building along this trail corridor for, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was so much fun I, I i came to really like connect with the, these communities along the trail so you also write yep are you drawn to, like, are inspirations that um, you can find in your music, are those similar things that you write about? Yeah, it's almost all the same stuff. <laughs> but it, uh, it isn't, it isn't. Just I guess a different There's, way to yeah. express it, right? It's, it's totally, um, I find them to be uh, kind of two parts of the same process. Like, uh, it helps my music for me to, it's also just, like, satisfying sometimes because most of what I do like the music is so necessarily zoomed out and abstract and you're writing about uh an experience in these very sort of oblique uh metaphorical ways um and uh it's therefore satisfying when I'm able to be like this like this person literally said this and like we <laughs> like it was 12 o'clock like just this, having facts and real this yeah. happened yeah um so they're they're complementary processes for me they like writing um 
words helps me clarify my thinking about some stuff and likewise writing music makes me kind of think more yeah I connect with that too I think that as creative people I guess I'm I feel like sometimes my existence can be summed up as like I don't I feel like I'm interested in so many different things and we live in a world where we're often sort of pushed to define ourselves by being one thing and I just don't think people especially creative people really operate like that and so for me um, I love writing poetry has been something I've really leaned into in like the past like decade and then the photography work and I guess you could create this is a creative outlet too with the podcast but um, I just think it's it's really an interesting thing to explore when you're like oh Ben is a musician like well you don't have to be like so many different things and be good at all of them yeah i that's you are a particularly hard to nail down uh <laughs> but yeah. actually I would, like this has to be a satisfying like uh as new interests crop up for you you just find someone to talk to about them and you have a like a legitimate reason to ask yeah that's all that's, that's, yeah, that's like, sort of what i have always doesn't actually go anywhere it's just an excuse for me to talk to people i've 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 felt that way <laughs> in the past as well. it is you know people do listen but it's funny because sometimes the show comes out and i'm like hello i'm like is is anybody listening and i've been told they like a lot of people do and thank you mm-hmm. to the listeners um, my army of diehard fans will be coming for this good episode, so. do, you, do you have a name for them no they, they don't when, when, <laughs> as, soon as, like, as, as, soon, as soon as they exist <laughs> uh i think they they exist we just need to name them into existence we need to give them a nickname right it's like the the concept of color like you <laughs> you can't see them until they have a name <laughs> so they have a name and then they'll they'll like come for you and they'll cancel all of your enemies. Whoever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want a, I want a, a, a violent mob of online supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? So, in addition to the um, Hawaii pieces, is there anything else that you're working on right now, or any recent releases that you're like particularly proud of that you want to highlight? Um, I am. I'm actually finishing an album right now, um, which I probably shouldn't say too much about yet that's okay i'm um, sure i will send you a very long text after i listen to it about it, how much i love it oh well excellent thank you <laughs> i hope so it's but the uh, the idea behind it just in brief is that and this includes some of the hawaii stuff um uh, it's about um, i haven't figured out how to explain it efficiently yet so this will be depending on when this comes out an interesting artifact of me flailing around <laughs> but i i am really interested in the idea of um uh, like this concept called structure through motion where like you it has a, a few different meanings one is like like uh um in, using like photogrammetry where you like a drone can like take a million little photos and then because its position is changing each time it can create this like 3d model of what a, what a landscape looks like but it also in like psychology refers to how you can form an idea like you a human body moving around a space can form an idea of what that land is shaped like if you're like by kind of locomoting and and reorienting yourself every few seconds unconsciously um so this album is all um improvised i literally uh like went into a studio for a few days and just made stuff up (laughs) and then um spent the rest of this year it's kind of like like um I did a few sessions in a, in a couple different studios and then I've just been kind of shaping those songs after the fact. Um, and I like the idea of having to kind of like move around until you find where a song is mm-hmm. and then like you're sort of framing it on the fly. And I think that it kind of, it's intended to reflect the way in which I also kind of come to understand different places and landscapes, which is like move around them and pay attention and look for patterns and, and, uh, that feels it's very that. jazzy of you. It doesn't sound very jazzy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm like, like I'm not. I did not. I'm not a musician. I don't study music at all. I enjoy it, but um, the way you were describing that sounds very like an approach someone might take to jazz, even if it won't, doesn't sound like jazz. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny that they they wound up sounding more. Um, well, so actually, I mean, this is, I guess, like in the weeds and uh, let's go. Okay. Let's get in the weeds. <laughs> the, you know how on um, the my last album, the one you'd like, mm-hmm. it's uh, there are those two songs called Arterials, mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're meant to, they were improvisations, but I had like a device. Like I knew, like I wanted them to, they're about, it's like depicting specifically actually Franklin Arterial in Portland, which is like. Which is nice because that's what I picture when I listen. I didn't even know that. That's new to me. Yeah. It's about like highways generally though. And like how a road is like kind of defined by motion. Like it's, it's, it's sits there and occupies physical space, but there's, it's never still. So those songs are very like. They barely change chords, like maybe like once or twice, but they're super busy. Like like these notes are just flying around, but they're in this very narrow harmonic space. So I kind of wanted to do that for this too, like like show like a static space that is also in a lot of motion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think it's a testament to you that in your skill level that you can just go into the studio and improvise an entire album. And I mean. Just, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll if see you how you may it is. people will possibly hate it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I doubt it because I think if anyone's seen you play, and it, for those who haven't, like go to his website. We'll share that in a second. Um, I mean, I just saw you in a show where you were improvising on other like singer songwriters music. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Like you do that very well. So I have full confidence that the album Thank will you. be great. Um, I feel like, especially right now, being a musician probably has like a wide swath of challenges. Yeah, I feel like it always does, though. Will you you talk about some of those? And I I like to bring this up because I think um, a lot of folks listening to this show like are early career professionals and maybe they're like budding musicians and finding inspiration in what they're hearing today. So I like to be open and honest about like, yeah, yeah, we're we're like talking about how amazing you are and how talented you are, but like it's not like it's every day super easy for you. Uh, no, that's true. I I don't often think enough about the ways in which it is hard, <laughs> but um, which is yeah, why this is like podcasts are great. They're almost like little therapy sessions. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's it's just like it, it's it'll come as a surprise to nobody. It's just real hard to earn money doing music, and it's and it is. Uh, especially in this period we're in too, where you like you can't really make CD sales, and and uh, touring has become like uh, like you know gas prices, like the things that touring costs are have all kind of gone up like everything else. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I've just sort of because I know this is the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> I've just sort of accepted that. Um, I'm also not a good businessman at all. So there's, <laughs> there's, I've never really had any delusions about like whether I'll be yeah. buying a mansion anytime soon Me either. or like having an apartment. <laughs> I do a lot. I'm always busy, but I do a lot for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's I've, I th- I've, the way I kind of think about it or have come to think about it is that like, I've just sort of decided that, uh, there are just things I won't be able to have because I get to do this instead. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Th- <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't like to fixate on the challenges or like the negative stuff. So um, let's flip that and talk a little <laughs> bit more about like what is the most joyful part of what you do? Oh, I, it is joyful. That's interesting. The... I mean, obviously, there's a lot I like about it. The The big one is kind of what we were talking about earlier, which is, like, it is very satisfying to just have a thing, as you do, where, like, whatever I become interested in, there is a way for me to explore it using this, like, machine I've built. Um, and I that there's, I, I don't know, I think that that is very therapeutic and helpful and, and helps my life make sense to me. Um, there's also just like a interpersonal element of being a musician and moving around and like getting to kind of be a part of people's lives for a little bit at a time that I really, it suits me really well. I I like, I really love that being a guy in the road playing piano rather than feeling alienating and lonely has been this means by which I can sort of maintain and build friendships with people regardless of where they might live yeah, um, and get that. to be kind of a part of all these different, I don't know. I get to, I, I feel like I live in a big place. Yeah. Which is nice. And you do, you totally do. And I, I feel like some of that experience um, resonates with me in the way that growing up in a military family, we moved all over the place. And then 
Um, I think that sort of instilled this restlessness within me. And up until I moved home, I feel like I was sort of always on the move. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I chose a job where before COVID, I used to travel all the time. And now I feel like no matter where I go, I always have a place to stay. I have friends to check in on. and, And that's a really beautiful thing. It's nice to expand your community like that. And I guess if you're sort of people like we are, um, I'm sure there are other people listening to this that are like, no. Yeah, no, it, it does. It does. I, even other musicians I know really, really don't like the, actually like nine out of 10 musicians, I would say touring is like depleting or and exhausting rather than like for me, it is always restorative. Mm-hmm. And I always feel kind of healthier at the end of one. <laughs> yeah. Than, like, well, I mean, I can imagine too, if you start like having family and getting older, then it, it, they're just layers that yes. start piling on top of it that make it harder. And maybe your, your priorities change a little bit. Over yeah. Time. Or either, even like eventually my body won't want to like sit in a car for yeah. 12 hours a day. Well, here's a question. Do you, how do you take care of your hands? Like, do you, do you do, cause I've thought about that before. I'm like, you, that's like so much movement for them. Do you have stretches that you do? Or like, are you just like <sighs> no. full send? I'm just gonna, I, <laughs> um, no, I think I just uh, play piano a lot. <laughs> it's it's a it's they're just it's a, really in shape. Yeah, yeah. it's it's All a right. yeah. I don't have a. Well, do you know the story? The like the terrifying story of Robert Schumann, who no. had he like built. He was a concert pianist and addition to being a composer, mm-hmm. and he had this like like kooky contraption called like a finger strengthening machine that would like stretch his fingers and ligaments and it uh it destroyed his ants like it, it like was not a good machine <laughs> and he he was sort of men was then kind of depressive and yeah. and angry for the rest of his life yeah that's terrifying so well, keep doing what you're doing yeah exactly i won't don't, be buying a finger strengthening machine <laughs> Um, so you've played in every state yeah. except yes, for except Delaware. Yep. Um, what is the deal with Delaware? What is the deal with Delaware? Uh, n- nothing. Th- nothing against Delaware. Um, it's. It was really. I. I had. I had forty-eight states for like five years, pretty much. Like it. I got it down to Hawaii and Delaware, and it was just kind of a matter of where a gig would happen first. But I was. I was really, really hoping for Hawaii first because I do think that like I've played in every state except for Delaware is a like slightly more interesting sentence than I've played in every state except yeah, for Hawaii. Yeah, like makes um, less sense. It <laughs> is. Know? We're, well, it, we're like, I feel like if you're like, oh, I've played in every state except for Hawaii, everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, there just aren't that many uh, spots, I guess. I mean, it's a small state. There aren't like... Yeah, they have some good state parks. I feel like I need to explore this. We're going to get you a show in Delaware. If you're yeah. listening to this and you're in Delaware... I'll please, play in your backyard. Yeah. Yes. Invite Ben to play. This will be like a momentous occasion. That's the thing. Completing the map. It does... That it would be, That would be a fun way to do it. Right. What, what I... Because I'm now in this position, though, where I can't just like book a gig in a bar in Delaware. You know, it would, it would be... So to, anticlimactic. It has to feel right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not. I'm not actively pursuing it, but I'm waiting for like the yeah. magical. You'll know. Like, yeah, exactly. The when universe will. Right. The universe will hand me a Delaware gig yeah. at some point. Maybe we're speaking it into existence. Here, here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> so after you complete the U.S., what's next? Are you going to try to do like continents? I have to like learn a trade. Territories. <laughs> yeah, you just start over again. Yeah, I don't know. Would be. I'd like to. I'd like to play more in Canada I guess I can I can pivot to provinces that'd be awesome I guess I've got I've got like five provinces done got it that's good that's a really good start um so how can people follow along with your work or get in touch with you um say someone's sitting in Delaware and they're like yeah, exactly. I have the perfect if you're in Delaware you can yeah. uh uh, and you would like to book me to play in, in your in town. Your backyard. Um, yeah. A, a good information desk for everything related to me is just bencosgrove.com, which is my website. And that links to, you know, I'm also on Instagram and uh, Twitter, if that still exists by the time this comes out. And, oh uh, tw- all Twitter the, is... Um, all the like, internet places. I'm I'm there somehow. Most he, of them. Yeah. He's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Instagram is the one I use most joyfully i think yeah twitter is a chaotic place right now and it's, it's making me laugh though like i'm kind <laughs> of reveling in it like i think it's so funny and then like anytime i have any thought i'm like oh well normally i might 
not post this, but why not? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it, it is like yeah, like the lights are flashing at the end of the dance. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Too funny. Um, So I ask this series of questions to all of my guests to wrap up the show. I didn't start off the show doing like when I first started in 2018, I feel like it was sort of a standard. Like I just was curious about these things and then it was just became really interesting. Like it's like a social experiment for me. So um, I appreciate you in advance indulging me, but um, what do you think is the most pressing environmental challenge that we're facing? Hmm. I I mean, I guess the obvious answer would be climate change, but I would say that an upstream contributor to that is the thing we were talking about earlier, which is like people, I think like most of our larger environmental problems, this is my theory, don't come from like, uh, like malignant action and more from like apathy or neglect. Um, and so... What I, I don't know, what I've kind of tried to do with my work is, like we were saying earlier, just like in, encourage people to care about the things around them and pay attention to them and appreciate them. Um, and I think if more of the world does that, we wouldn't be in quite the mess. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is sort of similar to the joy question, but what are you energized about moving forward? Like, what's exciting you right now? Good question. I mean, I'm excited that we seem to be returning to a time where I can do my job. <laughs> that is nice. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, nothing specific, I suppose. I am excited about these uh, um, volcano songs and things. But Me too. Um, All right, so this last one is is uh, kind of a two-part question. You really can answer it however you want. Um, there are no strict rules here. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever been given or what advice do you have for our listeners? Mm, I have a couple of options. Oh, no. Okay. I've got a good one. Um, let me see if I can. I'll, I will probably misquote it, but I have a friend who is a artist and she um was giving me advice about drawing one time and said that um, what you what most people don't think to do is you're, what you, you need to draw what you see and not what you think you see. Mm-hmm. So if you're drawing like, and I, I've always chosen to interpret this as like not just about drawing, but like the rest of the world too. Like your brain is always like in order to function, your brain is always kind of deciding what it can kind of fill in on its own. Like, but if you're drawing, for instance, a bicycle, you might think like, oh yeah, it's just like this thing. And then there's a seat and then like this piece comes over like this. And then you'll like, I would then like draw something that was not a good drawing of a bicycle. But if you really, really stare at it, you'll think, oh, actually, like I had no idea that that angle comes off like that. That's so weird. And then like the more you look at these things that you might gloss over or take for granted, the more kind of interesting the world is. And I think like a lot of my favorite moments of like discovery or uh, like reflection have come from staring at something that I think I I thought I knew about and learning like its weirdnesses. Yeah. And like the intricacies about it and finding um, the beauty that's it, within all things. I, um, I, I love that. I think that's really beautiful. I think that that is how I approach photography too so yeah um, you do actually (laughs) yeah I think especially with portrait photography um we live in a world where there are eight billion of us right Mm -hmm. and so the way that I I approach what I do is um we're we're often told like we're not special we're not unique we're we're just like one of so many and while that's true in some ways I think that it's totally false in others like you are the only one of you that's sitting here right now. And what an, like a privilege and honor it is for me with everybody that I work with to be able to sit and spend some time, like truly appreciating a person as they are for who they are and not trying to make them be anything else and not trying to present them as like what society thinks is beautiful or what they should look like. And just like letting them, their true self shine through. And I I think that there's a lot of crossover there with, that's a that's a real skill set though that's (laughs) yeah and you know it's it's kind of funny to me though because I think it really just comes from um like when you if people do portrait shoots with me we just hang out 
Like, it's not what... I have no trouble believing that. <laughs> like, it's not what someone would think, like, a very uncomfortable, sort of, like, sterile, weird environment is mm-hmm. for a portrait shoot. It's, like, the way that you get to um, have images, like, what I, I'm able to do is, like, you you make people feel comfortable, no matter who they are, like, where you are, what you're doing, you meet them where where they're most comfortable, so... I love that advice. Good on your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my advice would just be that that one, if that's the two part. Yeah. Like you know, the, I, the, the, the broader, more universal version of that. In Like, even broader than, um, like, being in this creative space, we're in a place in the world right now where so many of us, we're so polarized and we like have to plant our flag here or there. And we think that we know everything about everybody before we even talk to them. Um, so that's really sage advice for just how we all approach human connection as we're like sort of emerging from our COVID mm-hmm. dens and yeah. learning how to socialize how to, how to, how to, again. How to unsilo. <laughs> it's hard. I feel like a lot of us, especially myself, lost like a lot of social skills and I've had to like rebuild that. I never had that many to begin with. So it's been. A well, yeah. Been- <laughs> right. Like I've had, like, I feel like I've had like extreme social anxiety for a very long time. And then also just sort of been someone who says whatever I want to say when I want to say it, <laughs> which hits differently with whoever I'm, I'm around. And um, yeah, but you put me inside for two years basically by myself (laughs) coming back out into the world has been has been very interesting um you seem to be doing fine here you seem human to me oh yes i'm verified right it's like verified online i'm not a robot ben says i'm a human (laughs) so i am um if you need me to sign anything Um, I'm so appreciative of you joining me today. I just want to get that out there before we pivot into one last thing um, and just extend a huge thank you to you for oh. finding time to meet me on like like a nice day for November. But I know it's... you called it mild earlier, which seems like a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> my it, hands we... are a little cold. <laughs> but I am, I think, actively shivering. But I we, know we're, what, it is very like, it's very pretty, though. It's pretty, it so. is really pretty. I'm um, very grateful for you being open and having this conversation and being open to meeting me down here by the ocean in November. Oh, no. That's any like any true, time. They're, true um, hearty a, New Englander. An easy sell. An easy yeah. sell. Um, so we're doing something a little bit different with the way that we're going to close out this episode. Instead of hearing me run through all my social media handles, which, you know, I'll do that in a second. Um, Ben was kind enough to allow us to play a song, which is the contour in the shape of the ground. Will you talk a little bit about that album, your maybe your collaboration with Max and then um, talk about the song a little bit and then we'll play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. That. um, So the album that you're talking about is an EP that um, my friend Max Garcia Conover, who lives not far from here, um, and I uh, made together this year. But it consists of songs that we've kind of collaborated on together in some form or another over the course of like the decade we've known each other. So it's it's a real grab bag of like six completely unrelated songs that come from six different directions. And that one is really, really special to me. So I'm glad you like it. It's um, it's a I began writing that in 2014 so that it's, it took eight years for that to finally come I feel like so many creative people especially writers or poets like we all have poems like that like it's, I have a list of half finished it's called poem babies and they just are like <laughs> they're not fully formed yet poemlets <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean it was more that like that I couldn't get the recording to like the, the poem kind of hit its final form early on but it uh, it was really just something I couldn't like I, I was reading it myself and I was getting other friends to read and like the voices were never right and the like things about the arrangement kept sticking out to me um and then it, the poem has always really resonated with Max um he um has always liked it and like was a major source of encouragement for me to like not just drop this thing and then he finally did a reading of it and that's what's on the EP and it's perfect like his his voice and his cadence are exactly and in, in the zone that the song needed and um, it took it to a whole new level. And the subject matter of the song is the, it's, it's a very short poem I wrote, um, about basically about Moby Dick, <laughs> which is my favorite book. Um, and, 
if you're listening to a sea change podcast you probably many of your listeners maybe have heard of this book yeah right we've even had somebody on um her name is Jen Long. She's based in Providence, Rhode Island, and she has a group called The Whale Guitar. And she's a musician, and her whole thing is raising money for ocean conservation through music. And her guitar is shaped that like Moby Dick. That is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was a little side. Oh, no, I'll, check, I'll just have to check her out. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, the, the idea is, I mean, just in quick summary, the, um, the thing that... Um, the coolest thing about Moby Dick is that, um, and maybe some, someone who hasn't read it may not know this, it's not just uh, the story of like these guys in a boat hunting a whale led by a madman. Um, it's the way it's presented. Its structure is insane. There's like nine billion chapters, and most of them have nothing to do with the plot at all. Yeah, it's like the, the anatomy of a whale. Yeah, there's this. <laughs> there, the there's there'll literally be a chapter about like the concept of white, <laughs> like and it's. I have always read that as this really genius, uh, like meta commentary on the action of the story, which is, you know, there's this megalomaniacal crazed man, like obsessed with like, uh, like owning this whale by killing it and whatever, chasing it and, and having it. Um, and what the book successfully does instead of that is like, you wind up with a comprehensive understanding of like what of that whale is by being flooded with information. Like you read a like a paragraph about like this granular taxonomy of whales and like a history of like oil. <laughs> like and by I, I like the idea that that is how to move through the world by kind of like not conquering and obtaining things but um like learning about them yeah understand and so i uh the poem kind of applies that idea to cartographers and how you instead of like trying to like hold the world to yourself it is better to like painstakingly chart it yeah um i love that i love it's one of my favorite ones in the album um and it's so great that you're sharing that with our thanks. listeners so thanks for letting me include this in the episode oh, of course yeah to me it also feels like a little bit about like what being a songwriter is like if you can describe the world that's better than owning it yeah and with that thank you again and listeners please enjoy the contour and shape of the ground gathered some paper, more like Melba himself than his captain, and we endeavored to hold the world ourselves, not by harpooning it or hefting its weight upon our narrow shoulders, but by tracing with infinite patience an 
as much fidelity as one could fairly expect. 